0: All right, if you will uh, stand with me tonight, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, first book in the New Testament. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 11. As you're turning there, let me set the scene for you. Jesus is preaching, and John has sent him some disciples to say, are you the one that we look for, or do we look for another? Now, you'll get a lot of opinions on this. My opinion on this is that the Bible in the Old Testament teaches a suffering servant, and it teaches a conquering king, and both of them are called Messiah. And in my opinion, I think what John is asking Jesus, I don't think John's faith slacked. I don't think John was suddenly worried that this wasn't Jesus. I mean, he's the forerunner to the Christ. So he, I doubt if he's suddenly saying, well, am I right or wrong? I don't think he's having doubts. He's not in prison because he's, uh, he's following the Messiah. He's in prison because he challenged the king. And so I don't think John's having any doubts. I think John's just saying, are you the suffering servant or are you the conquering king? And Jesus gives him a scripture out of Isaiah, if you're reading this chapter, that shows that Jesus is both the suffering servant and the conquering king. And so he answers John's question, and then he asks them three questions about John. What went you out to see? A reed shaken with the wind, what else you out to see? A man with soft raiment, what went you out to see? A prophet. And then at the end of that discussion there, Jesus in verse 11 of chapter 11, he says, Verily I say unto you, among them that were born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. For from to the days of John the Baptist unto now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, if you'll also thumb over me, over here with me, a few books of the Bible, and let's go over to the book of Ephesians. So go past Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, and get to Ephesians. Then after that is Philippians. Colossians so if you get there you've gone too far let's go to Ephesians this is the one of the books written by Paul when he was in prison and I'm going to read you a very very familiar passage of scripture and that is Ephesians the sixth chapter and the tenth verse this is very familiar you probably all know it probably heard it preached on a hundred times 6:10 says this, finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil, and he is a wild man. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. AND HAVING DONE ALL TO STAND, STAND THEREFORE, HAVING YOUR LOINS girt ABOUT WITH TRUTH, HAVING ON THE BREASTPLATE OF RIGHTEOUSNESS, YOUR FEET SHOD WITH THE PREPARATION OF THE GOSPEL OF PEACE, ABOVE ALL TAKING THE SHIELD OF FAITH WHEREWITH WE MAY BE ABLE TO QUENCH THE FIERY DARTS OF THE WICKED, AND TAKE THE HELMET OF SALVATION AND THE SWORD OF THE SPIRIT, WHICH IS THE WORD OF GOD, PRAYING ALWAYS WITH ALL PRAYER AND SUPPLICATION IN THE SPIRIT, CAPITAL S, SPIRIT, AND WATCHING thereunto WITH ALL PERSEVERANCE, and supplication for all saints heavenly father thank you lord god for the opportunity to preach your word and i pray tonight oh god you would direct me and guide me father may the words that i speak be words from your very throne room god and may i simply be your mouthpiece father to convey what the Spirit's saying to the church tonight and god i thank you for this opportunity lord god and i pray that you would bless this congregation in jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated If you hadn't got anything else out of the last six weeks of Wednesday night Bible studies, I hope that you have figured out that the kingdom of the devil is not a game. It's not. It's, we're, this, isn't some, this isn't a game that we're playing where we're going to have a winner and a loser, and at the end of it, we're going to line up and all shake hands and be buds. That's not going to happen. This is, not, this is not a game. This is a war you find yourself in. This is a war of the power of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven against the power of Satan. Adam gave Satan rule over the kingdoms of the earth. But when Jesus came, he gave the church rule over the kingdoms of darkness. (laughs) Glory to God. He gave the church rule. He said, I am he who rose again, and I rose again with the keys of what? Death and hell. He took the keys from the devil's own house. He took all of his power, his principalities, he took all of his abilities, and when he rose from the dead on the third day, he took it home with him and he gave it to me, hallelujah, and he gave it to you, hallelujah, and he placed it within our hands. And I want to tell you today, the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are a weapon of a warfare. We are fighting, not against flesh and blood. My fight's not against the homosexual, my fight's not against the abortionist, my fight's not against the alcoholic, my fight's not against the pornographer, my fight's not against flesh and blood, but my fight is against the spirit that's behind that. It does me no good, listen to me, it does me no good to get out there and carry a sign and march in an abortion, a a, a rally to stop abortion. That does me no good. That is flesh fighting against flesh, and, and that's not, that's not going to do me any good because the weapons of my warfare have no power there. But if I get on my knees and begin to pray against it, you probably don't remember this at all. But many years ago, Marilyn Manson, is that his name? That's the singer, right? That's not the killer. It's Marilyn Manson. Okay. That one's Charles Manson, right? Okay. Don't want to get them confused here. Marilyn Manson had a concert in Houston. I don't know if you remember this. It was at the Toyota Center. And KSBJ Radio said, we're not going to, some people were saying, we're going to go down there and protest. And KSBJ Radio said, let's don't go down there and protest. Let's don't do that. Let's go down there and form prayer circles and pray. And they did just that. Hundreds. Now, it it wasn't thousands. But it was hundreds of people met down there and while they were standing in line, waiting to open the door, they were walking around the parking lot, walking around, praying, asking the Lord to, to you know, move in this situation. They were, they were crying out to the Lord. They, were, it wasn't, they weren't making a big scene. They just was out there praying against it, binding the powers, binding the spirits of darkness. They walked that parking lot. They walked near that Toyota Center. They were walking around out there, and and they opened the doors. People, People were laughing at them. People were saying, oh, this is silly. They got in there, and that concert started, and they had so much trouble with the lighting and the sound systems that Mr. Manson shut his concert down and left the stage. That's more effective than carry a placard saying you're going to hell show, fight in the place where you're supposed to fight. And it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities. And if you fight there, then God's given you the weapons to fight. But if you're going to get in there and duke it out on the flesh, and you think carrying some sign and causing a protest is going to cause, it's going to help you, it's not going to help you. Because the weapons of our warfare have nothing to do with the flesh, but they have to do with the spirit. And there is a battle and there is a fight. And if you'll fight it on your knees, fight it in prayer. Fight it with the power of God. Fight it with the sense of I will not be moved. My God, you'll win. Hallelujah. You'll win. You can't lose. Do you hear me, God? You can't lose, my God. There was a guy during the Revolutionary War. His name was Nathan Hale. You may not ever maybe not remember anything about him. Nathan Hale. He was captured in Boston. He was a spy for the American Revolution. And he was captured in Boston. They tried to get him to talk, and tried to get him to give information, and 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 they didn't torture him, but they they kept him in they 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 did everything they do with him, you know, kept him in jail, threatened him and everything. Finally, they convicted him of treason. This is the British, and they were going to hang him. And whenever he went to the gallows, do you remember? If you don't, if you don't remember, Nathan Hale said this: "I regret that I have only one life to give for my nation." Did he have a nation? Did he have a nation? No. He didn't have a nation. He didn't have a country. They were under the power of the British. They were fighting, but they hadn't won. He spoke in faith believing. He didn't, think, he didn't, he didn't call it that, but he spoke in faith that they were going to win the fight, and he regretted that he only had one life to give for it because he knew that if they kept fighting, that they would, that they would win. He had the confidence even though they weren't winning, even though they weren't a country, even though there wasn't anything that made it look like it was fixing to happen. They fought the British from 1776 to 1783. This was a seven-year war. This thing didn't, wasn't over quick. It took a long time for this thing to end. And I'm just saying that Nathan Hale, in anticipation of the United States becoming a country, said, I have, but I regret that I have but one life to give for my country and I want to tell you this tonight if Nathan Hale can say that over a nation in faith that it's going to come to pass not knowing whether or not it was going to come to pass then surely I as a Christian can speak words of affirmation about the power of God and his promises knowing that nothing that he said will fall to the ground and if he's given me a promise then bless God I'm going to receive it even if I have to fight for it I'm not giving up my ground without a fight. We, we want to quit sometimes too easy. We want to throw in the towel and say, well, the will of the Lord be done. My God. We have a friend right now that's in a very difficult situation. This person is a very godly person, very, very much in tune with the Lord, very... Very proud of this person and the and the thing that that, that God's doing with it, with them, but right now they find themselves in an amazing fight it's not something they chose it's not something they've done it's 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 something that's that a rumor that somebody started and it's and it's trouble that's come their way from this rumor and 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 and, and when we talked to him recently they were telling us about all the struggles and the trials and the way that people are are talking and they they they've even it's just it's 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 more horrendous than I can even want to describe to you the attack of the enemy and as we were talking last night I felt the holy spirit <laughs> and I and I told this person I said let me tell you something let me tell you something it could well be it, it could well be that the devil was strolling around in heaven coming up there to see the Lord like God makes him do because I know he don't go there on his own accord. because then when he goes up there you know the first thing he has to do huh he's got to (laughs) bow think about that he comes to heaven because God makes him and then when he gets there the first thing he's got to do is bow hallelujah (laughs) I told her I said it could well be that the Lord has said have you considered my servant Have you considered them? And it could be that the devil said, you let me start a rumor about them and they'll curse you to your face. I said, you need to pray and find out what God's will is in this thing. You need to figure out where we're at here. What's going on? Fight the battle in the, on your knees. Figure out what God's doing. Figure, Because it could well be, it could well be that this is the very moment in time that God has ordained for you to be propelled into an amazing ministry that he has. Or maybe the very thing that God has prepared you for all your life is about to unfold, but it's not going to unfold until this storm blows you to where you need to be. Don't quit because it gets hard. Don't quit. Because there's mud being thrown. Don't quit because it gets difficult. You just remember that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Hallelujah. <sighs> my God, if you, think the, if you think God just lets his people be kicked around by the devil, you, you don't know my God. Oh, I, he, may, he may let me go through a struggle. He may let me go through a trial. He may let me go through a difficult circumstance. He may let me go through something that's hard. I may, I may go through something that I don't think I can endure, but all I can tell you is this. I know in whom I have believed. <laughs> and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day, hallelujah, When I st- if I'll stay true to what God has given me to do, if I'll stay on my knees and stay in church and stay in prayer, then what I'll find out is that those weapons are real and those weapons exist and God can give me the victory and God will give me the victory. If I won't faint, if I won't quit, if I'll keep pushing, then I will see God move in a mighty way and I will be more than a conqueror. I will be. I will be. I will be. But if you're going to see the victory that God has promised you, if you're going to see the power that God has given you, if you're going to be moved upon by, I'm going to tell you, just like like David said a while ago in his prayer, 61 years old and just now starting to understand I'm a, this, this is a lifelong thing we're doing here. This ain't, this ain't 30 minutes in a puff of smoke. And ta-da. That's not how it works. That flesh has got to be subdued. That flesh has got to be crucified. That flesh has got to be brought under subjection. And with some, some people, it, God, God knows how to do it. And God will do it if you'll let him do it. Or you can fight against him and, and say, well, that's, I just don't think that's how it is. And, and I just want to let you know that if you're going to win this fight of faith, if you're going to get to where God wants you to be, if you're going to receive the blessings and the promises that God has given you, then there's some things you've got to keep right. Because if you get them wrong, then you've, then you've null and voided it. Here's the thing. First of all, you've got to be, know that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. But against powers and principalities. And since you are wrestling against spiritual things, then you've got to be able to have armor and weapons that are spiritual. First things you have to have is you've got to have your loins girt about with truth. You've got to know what you believe. All your weapons are attached to that loin. That band that goes around, you know, like a policeman, you know, he's got everything he's got on that, on that band. He may, have a, he may have a hidden gun somewhere, but 90% of his weapons are attached to that band. His gun's attached to that band, those handcuffs is on that band, that taser's on the band, that radio's on the band. Everything he's got is on that band, and everything you've got's on that band. And you better believe that that, thing is, God, that the thing is girt about with truth. You better know who you believe in. <laughs> you better not be playing some plastic Jesus game that you hope works. My God. You better be knowing whom you have believed. Know what the truth of God is. Know that your doctrine's right. That band get girt about with truth, if you've got it on and it's right, then the rest of the weapons will stay there. The converse of that is, if your doctrine's wrong, if your truth is wrong, if you're not really sure that God said what he said he said, if you're not really sure about that, then the converse of that is your weapons are on the ground because they fell off. Huh? In your Bible, there's a story about a man that came to be be ruler over David's armies his name was Amasa and Amasa came to rule those armies David called him over there and put him over the army well there was a man that was already there his name was Joab and Joab didn't like the fact that David was replacing him so Joab walked over toward Amasa and when he got over there to him he acted like he dropped the sword and when he picked it up, he brought it up underneath a mace's fifth rib and drove that sword into his heart and killed him. The Bible says he, bought, he watered there on the ground so much and bled so much that they drug him off the street, put him on the side, and covered him up with a blanket. But anybody that's pulling weapons off the ground is deceptive. It's because they don't have the truth. The truth is Joab didn't want to be replaced. And because he didn't want to be replaced and he didn't like the truth, he played like his weapon fell to the ground. And I want to tell you today that if you're not confident in what God has told you, Because that confidence is going to be challenged if you're not confident in whom you believe because that that religion is going to be Challenged if you're not confident in the truth that God has spoken to you so that you can say in the name of Jesus I know what God has said and I'm not going to be moved by the shadows and the things that I see because God said this And if he said it I believe it And if I believe it then I've got to settle it And if I'll settle it and I'll call those things that are not as though they were then I'll find that the weapons of my warfare stay on my hips where they're supposed to be anything else is deceptive anything else means that you've lost the truth my god are you hearing me you've lost the truth and if you've lost the truth then your weapons are not there you've got to know in whom you believed you've got to be convinced to take this whole world it's easy you know what I listen to to an old pastor every now and then on tape because he's dead. His name's B.H. Clinton, and I listen to him. And he tells a story about being a soldier. It's a long sermon. Part of that sermon says that this guy that was in the unit with him, whenever it looked like they were fixing to be shipped out, he went and put a big uh, anchor in, uh, what is that, anchor's, anchor and wings, whatever whatever the Marine Corps symbol is, I forgot what it is, this globe and anchor. He went and put that globe and anchor on his shoulder and put put a big big old tattoo on there, and underneath it he wrote, death before dishonor. And he wrote that he had that on his arm. He said those guys went over there and they hit Guadalcanal, and they got on that island, and he said the first time the Japanese came at them, the first guy to run away was the guy that had death before dishonor on his arm. Those Japanese headed up that hill. Those rockets were firing. Those grenades exploding. They looked like they were going to be overrun. And instead of staying in his position like he was supposed to stay and manning his machine gun to protect the people around him, he cut and run. He didn't believe it. He didn't think what they were telling him was true, and he was going to save himself. And if you don't have the truth of God in your heart, then when it gets hot, when the devil comes in like a flood, Whenever it looks like your world's falling apart, when it looks like you're headed to bankruptcy and it looks like there's no way to get out of it, or maybe whenever you go to bankruptcy, professing the presence of God the whole time, but you find yourself exactly where you didn't think you would be, my God, if you don't have that belt of truth hanging on, you'll cut and run to. I've seen it happen a hundred times. I've seen people say, well, this just ain't working for me, and walk out those doors. What happened? That belt of truth fell to the ground. Those weapons were no longer any good, and they got out there in the parking lot and decided I'd rather serve the devil than to serve God. He looks like he's stronger anyway. No, he ain't stronger. I should have got an amen. There you go. No, he's not stronger. He's not more powerful. God knows what he's doing. (laughs) My God. Have faith in God. My God. Have faith in God. Call those things that are not as though they were. Say, I may be in bankruptcy today, but tomorrow I'm not. The next day I'm moving out of it, and whenever it gets to the third day, I'll be eating the good of the land. Hallelujah. How do you know that? Because God promised me. He said, prove me herewith. He said he would poured a blessing upon me that I could not contain. And if he said it, then I believe it. And if I believe it, I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to keep my weapons in place by holding on to that belt of truth. We'll be here all night if I spend this long on all of them. He said, have on a breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is the thing that protects all your bottle of functions, all your center of mass. You know, if you were going to shoot somebody, I mean, it, it sounds good if you shoot them in the head. That sounds cool. But that's not easy to do. I see none of you's ever shot anybody in the head. <laughs> that's not easy to do. People's heads move too much. It's a small target. What's a lot easier to do is aim right here above the belly button. Right? Am I telling you something you don't know? You're looking at me like this is, this is brand new news to you. <laughs> you aim right here above the belly. Am I am I right, Jim? I'm right. I don't <laughs> know. You aim right here. You're more likely to be able to hit something here than you are here. And if that breastplate's on, then you're protected. The heart's protected. The lungs are protected. The the center of your mass is protected. But what is it the breastplate of? Righteousness. Righteousness. Living right. Doing right. Knowing what the Word of God says and doing it. If you know what the Word of God says and you're not doing it, knowingly, willingly, purposefully, not doing it, and you're you're transgressing against the very law of God, then your breastplate's not on. You can't expect to be protected from the devil when you're down there doing everything you know you're not supposed to do. You can't expect the breastplate of righteousness to stay on if you're living like the devil. If you're not following what the word of the Lord says, you can't expect that to work. But if you'll follow what God, and I don't, you don't have to be perfect doing it. Lord knows all of us are going to sin. You should be sinning less and less. You know, you know you should, if, you're, if you're 40 years old, been in the, in the, in the, in the gospel way for 40 years, you, you should be better than you were when you started. This side's doing better than this side. I'm going to preach over here. They're, they're more fun. But all I'm saying is that breastplate of righteousness has to be in place to protect you against the fiery darts of the devil. Because sometimes you can't catch them all with that shield. There's some of them that's going to get through. And when they get through, they hit that breastplate. And they protect your heart, your lungs, your very very being in Christ is protected by righteousness. Without holiness, without righteousness... Without living right, no man can see God. Now, we talked about this over the last six weeks, that the devil can present himself as an angel of light. He can stand in the pulpit. He can preach. He can give out messages in tongues. He can dance in the Spirit. He can even, in the, in the book of Revelation, he's performing miracles and fire, calling fire down out of heaven. So he can present himself as an angel of light. But he can't live right and he can't tell the truth why because he's a devil and he's a murderer he's been a murderer from the beginning he can't tell the truth he's a liar he's the father of liars he can't live right and he can't tell the truth therefore he'll never wear a breastplate of righteousness but it's not so with us my <laughs> god my god my god, <laughs> by god. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Keep that belt on. Gird about with truth. Next thing he says is, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How did Paul say it? Paul said, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you of the hope that lives within you. If somebody says, what makes you different? You need to know to say, because Jesus Christ lives in me. Don't say it with your head ducked. Don't say it like you've done something wrong. Say it with all the power and the authority that God gives you. Hallelujah. You've got a belt on. You've got, you got, you got your breastplate on. Now you've got your feet. What did we say this morning? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. How beautiful are those feet. Why? Because it's the only thing that's going to change a world. Sodom would have been saved if somebody would have marched in there with the gospel of Christ. You take the worst area in Houston, Texas that you know of. Well, I don't don't know what it is, but if you know what it is, you take that area down there, you get a man and and probably a wife or a a, a group that goes down there and starts following the Lord and presenting the gospel in the worst area that you can think of in Houston. And I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy, and I'm not going to tell you it's going to be fun, but I will tell you it will be successful. Hallelujah. That that inner city, that wherever that area is, it will change. New York City in New York in Times Square was the worst area in New York City in the 60s. It became a place for Pornographers and a place for prostitutes. It, there, was, there was the smallest crowds they'd ever seen at Times Square. Nobody wanted to go down there. There wasn't nothing down there but alcohol, drugs, prostitutes, and, and, and pornography. It was a filthy place to be. It, it was somewhere where people didn't want to go. But a man named David Wilkerson got a got a vision. My God. <laughs> got a vision of God in his heart. My God. He went down the middle of Times Square and he found him a little place and he started a church down there in the middle of the brothels and the pornographers and he started a church and in a little while it started to grow and then the next thing you know, he bought a, 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 a theater that had been shut down he on Broadway. He bought that thing and he opened it up and he called it the church of Times Square and five years ago, Kathy and I went to that place and when we got down there, we got down there about 30 minutes before the service started and they couldn't find us a place to sit. We had to stand in line for them to find us a place to sit. And five years ago, when we went, Times Square was crowded. It hustled and bustled with business. It was a place where people came. It was a tourist attraction. It was a a fun place to be. All of that filth and all of that wickedness, it had been taken out of there. The police had cleaned it up. The mayor had cleaned it up, but they didn't start doing anything till a man of God put his feet on on the sidewalk and said, this belongs to God. I won't be moved. I'll stand here until he brings it to pass. His feet were shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. His breastplate of righteousness was on. He had a belt of truth around his waist. What else we got here? Above all, taking the shield of faith, where which we may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit, which is... The word of God. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. In the book of Mark, chapter 1, the verb that used tempted means that he was tempted all the time. For 40 days, the devil probed him and probed him and probed him and probed him looking for a place. And he couldn't find one till that 40th day because the Bible says that on the 40th day, Jesus hungered. And the devil finally found his spot. And he began to say, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus answered him with the word. He said, he said if you're the son of God, cast yourself down off this pinnacle. Because the Bible says that, in, that in, your hand, in, in the hands of the angels, they'll, they'll hold you up. He didn't quote the whole scripture. He only po- quoted the part that worked for him. And Jesus answered him with the word. The third scripture, he said, I own all the kingdoms of the world. If you fall down and worship me, I'll give them to you. And the Bible says Jesus used the word. When the enemy comes against you, what should you use? The word. The word. Thus saith the Lord, devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. God laid this on my heart and if he said it and I believe it he said whatsoever I ask in prayer believing it shall be done he said if I had faith of a mustard seed I could say to this mountain be thou removed and cast into the middle of the sea and that mountain would move glory to God I've never seen a man move a mountain in the physical but I've seen men move lots of mountains in the spiritual things that came against them that said it's not going to happen here you're not going to be able to get in here it's not going to be done here they've said Oh, yes, it is because my feet are here. And God's brought me here, and I'm going to receive it. I'm going to have it. Oh, glory to God. And all the devils in hell can't stop it if you're quoting the Word of God. If you got the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, my God. Oh, Eliezer. Philistines coming in every year stealing all his crop. Taking all his beans. Couldn't couldn't get his little little crop to come in because every time he started to make, the Philistines come in there and take them from him. So Eliezer, he got his sword. He said, you've taken my crop for the last time. I'm I'm not putting up with this no more. God gave me this land. This is my heritage. Did you hear me? This is my heritage. God gave me this. It's been in my family since Abraham. And I'm not moving off my property no more. And he took that sword and he got out there and standing in the middle of that field of beans and he looked coming down the road and here comes them Philistines to steal his beans like they did every year but instead of ten of them it looked like a thousand of them because it was. And I'm sure in his mind he says you know what maybe one more year won't hurt. That's what I'd have said. I'd have said maybe next year but Eleazar wouldn't do that. He may have done it for a minute but he gripped that sword tighter and he said this is my field. And God said I could have this field and this is my heritage and I refuse to continue to give up my heritage to the devil. And that, those Philistines came up and he started swinging that sword, and he started fighting, and he he swung it, and he swung it, and he fought, and he moved, and he and he did everything he could do. He was fighting those Philistines. It was probably for an hour or more as he fought and slashed and, and protected his field of beans. And whenever the smoke cleared and it was all done, the Bible says that a, I think it says that a thousand Philistines lay around him, and his hand had been cleaved to that sword for so long that he was unable to let go of it and we would be a lot better off if sometimes we were unable to let go of that sword. We'd be a lot better off where sometimes if we would hold on to that sword and God would make it to where we can't let it go but we just keep swinging it and saying thus saith the Lord the enemy comes to steal and kill and to destroy but Jesus has come that I might have life I will not die but I will live and I will speak the words of the Lord. Hallelujah. My God, don't let death just rob you whether it's physical death or financial death or relationship, don't let some relationship get all crossways and cause you to lose out with God. Because if you can't love your brother whom you have seen, then you can't possibly tell me you love God whom you haven't seen. And the Bible says that if you can't forgive your brother, scary, one of the scariest scriptures in the book If you can't forgive your brother, then the Bible says that I'm not going to forgive you either. And your sins start piling up. Your sins start piling up and they start choking. I don't know if they'll send you to hell, but this is what I do know. They'll block your anointing. They'll kill your miracles. They'll stop everything God's doing in your life until you learn to make peace with your brother till you learn to make peace with your brother, You're not, you should not be expecting God to perform things for you when you got your hand around your brother's throat. Amen. That's good preaching. I enjoyed that myself. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. I'm going to say next. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just playing. But I'm telling you tonight that we are in a battle we're in a warfare. The powers of darkness are working every day to destroy you. To try to get you to get out of church, to try to get you to cool off. He didn't have to get you out of church. If he could just make you look warm, that's good enough, because then you can you can be miserable to everybody else around you. Nobody wants to sit on your row. Even if you do have starburst. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got the armor of God on, if you've got that loins girded about with truth, hallelujah. If you've got on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, if you've got the shield of faith and the sword of the word, my God, no, no devil can come against you. You are bulletproof and made of steel. I'm telling you. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, God's made it where you can put that shield up. But don't just put the shield up, but strike a blow. Move him off your property. Move him off your promise. He's a squatter. He's a squatter. He owns nothing. You hear me? He owns nothing. He is a defraught angel who owns nothing who will eventually spend eternity in hell. And you own it all. You own it all. The silver is yours. The gold is yours. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he's my father. If he owns it, then I own it too. He owns it all. He owns all power. He owns all principalities. He owns all authority. He, he owns it all. And if he owns it all, then I own it all. And if I can own it all, then why should I want to serve somebody who's a, who's a, who's a, a flame that's going out? My God. My, he'll have his last hoorah here maybe 10 or 12 years from now. At the end of the tribulation period, he'll have his last hoorah. But when he has his last hurrah, when he's, my God, excuse me for a minute while I shout. Hallelujah. When he's gathered around the city of Jerusalem and he's got all his armies amassed there in the Kidron Valley, hallelujah, in the Valley of Jehoshaphat and he's over there outside that eastern gate thinking he's fixing to walk through that eastern gate. He's going to hear a sound from heaven. And he's going to look up and he's going to hear the words of Enoch that said, Behold, I see the Lord coming with thousands and thousands of his saints and 10,000 to execute righteousness on all the ungodly who are living their ungodly deeds and doing their ungodly things and he's going to look up and he's going to see Jesus riding on a white horse coming down to rescue Jerusalem and when he thinks he's got it won, when he thinks he's fixing to walk through that eastern gate as Messiah, when he thinks he's fixing to regain everything he's lost, when he thinks he's defeated God and the word of God he's going to look up and see Jesus coming on a white horse and I'll be riding with him oh I'll be riding with him (laughs) Woo! when he comes back I'll be riding with him on that white horse that doesn't bite (sighs) because I'm telling you what he's a he's a he's a he's a flaming star that's soon going to be put out. And the Bible says in Revelation, I saw an angel. We don't, even, we, don't even need a, a, we don't even need an archangel. It's not Gabriel. It's not Michael. It's just an angel. I saw an angel. And he came down with the key to the bottomless pit. And he got a chain in his hand. And he binds that old devil. And he chains him up. And he opens up that pit. And he, I hope he kicks him in it. I don't want him to throw him. I want him to kick him in it. And he puts a lock on that thing and for a thousand years, the devil is going to burn in hell. And then at the thousand years is up, he'll be released for a season And then once that season is over with, God will destroy the earth by fire and when he destroys it by fire then the devil will be judged and he'll be cast into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone and the Bible tells me in Revelation 21 verse 2, it tells me that that lake that burns with fire and brimstone is going to have the death cast in it, it's going to have the angel of hell cast in it, everyone who doesn't believe in God's going to be in it, the devil's going to be in it, the antichrist is going to be in it and God's going to seal it up. And for all eternity, they're going to perish. They're going to, they're not going to perish, but for all eternity, they're going to burn in a lake that burns with fire and brimstone and nobody's going to even care that they're there. We'll forget all about him. So I'm telling you tonight, you're on the winning side. You got the winning team. It's going to go your way. If you'll have faith in God and you'll fight the good fight of faith and you won't be discouraged whenever it doesn't work out like you think, but instead you'll keep your armor on and keep fighting, then you're going to find that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think according to the power of God that works within you. So keep fighting. Keep pressing. Keep calling those things that are not as though they were. Keep telling the enemy he can't have your promise. Keep saying I will have what God said I will have. I will be what God said I will be. I will be full of the Spirit of God. I will fight the good fight of faith. I will destroy all the works of the devil and I won't be discouraged by what God's doing or what I see or what I feel. I just know that my Redeemer lives and if he lives, glory to God, then even if he slays me, I still win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Man, I'm going to buy this one myself. Woo. My Lord. My Lord. You're, You're a people of victory. You are conquerors. I'm not looking at losers. I'm looking at conquerors. I'm looking at winners. I'm looking at people of God who are standing strong. Who aren't content playing some game but have placed their hope and their trust in Christ and God Almighty. And I'm going to tell you something. As somebody that's been young, but now I'm on Medicare, I'm going to tell you, I've never been let down by God. I've lived, and I'm sure Brother Murray, and you, you find somebody, Brother Foster, I mean, there's some people that are here that are older than me, not too many, getting less and less. But anyway, there are some, and I'm sure if you talk to them, it's, I'm sure if you talk to them, you'd find out they would say, "Yeah, we went through some hard times. It didn't always work like a plant. Sometimes I thought it was over. But I'm standing here today saying, I'm still standing, because in having done all to stand, I stood. <laughs> having done all to stand. Oh, when it all fell apart! I was still standing. I, I want to end like this. I, I saw something not too long back, and it was whenever Israel and Hamas thing started, and they were having all this, all, everything, before the war started, when it all, when Israel was amassing there on the Gaza, and they were getting ready to come in, Iran sent a message. And they said, you attack Hamas, it's like attacking us, and it's going to be war. So you better prepare yourself, because if you touch them, you touch us. And there was a meme where the, uh, I don't think this really happened, But there was a deal where the Israeli ambassador to Iran or Israeli ambassador, not to Iran, but the Israeli ambassador looked in the cameras and he was talking and he was talking about Iran saying this. And he looked in the cameras and went, bring it. Bring it. You think you're bad? Bring it. You want to mess with me? Bring it. I got stuff that I ain't even thought of yet that I can use. If you think you're so bad, bring it. And you know what? As Christians, we shouldn't be proud. As Christians, we shouldn't be arrogant. As Christians, we should understand that our our hope and our faith is in Jesus Christ. and, And all power and all authority resides in him. I understand that, so don't misinterpret what I'm about to say. I understand that. I'm not saying you should be arrogant. But I am saying that as a Christian and as a child of God, I can walk with a little bit of swagger. I can I can say bring it. Not because I'm tough, but because I got good backup. <laughs> and the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. It lives in me. <laughs> so I want to tell you tonight, you're victorious. Through the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony and the fact that if you don't love your life unto death, then you'll be victorious. Amen. I want you to leave out of this place tonight knowing you're more than a conqueror. Kathy's more than a conqueror. Because all those years I went to work for CB&I and I worked shutdowns and I worked turnarounds and I did all the hard work. And I got paid every other Friday. And when I got paid, that made me the conqueror because I made it to the end and I got paid. But when I brought a check home on Fridays, I handed it to the more than conqueror. She was more than conqueror because she took the check of the conqueror and she received that. And I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Jesus was the conqueror, he gave his blood. But I received the power and authority that Jesus gained on Calvary. And that makes me more than a conqueror. Amen. I'm, I'm feeling it coming on again. Let's get you out of here. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you for your presence in here tonight, God. Hallelujah. If you're struggling with something right now, I always want you to lift your hands. And I want you to begin saying, God, in Jesus' name, I will have what you said I can have. My God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I will be what you said I will be. My God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I will receive what you said I could receive. Lord, you said it, you promised it, and now I'm proclaiming it, Lord God. I'm reminding you of it, Almighty God. Not that you need to be reminded, Lord God, but I need to remind myself of what you said. And I'm repeating it tonight unto myself, O God, to know that if you spoke it and I stay true to you, then I shall certainly receive it, Lord God, hallelujah. And I bind everything that's stopping promises tonight, God. I bind every power, I bind every principality, I bind the spiritual strongholds in high places, I cast them down in Jesus' name, O God, and I say that in this church, O God, and in this church body, we will have what you said we could have. Oh, we will be what you said we could be. We will be more than a conqueror through him that loved us, for I am persuaded, Almighty God, in what you've said, O God, and we proclaim tonight, God, that your word is true, and we receive that power and that anointing, O God, that we need, oh God, to fight a good fight of faith. And we pray tonight, oh God, be with this congregation, Lord God. Oh Lord, put some steel in their spirits, oh God, and some swagger in their step, almighty God. Lord, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, then I can stand, oh hallelujah. Oh, when he tries to feel, steal my field of beans, my God, I can stand there with a sword in my hand and defeat all the wiles of the devil. My God, hallelujah, I'll have my family I'll have my friends. I'll have my church family. My God, we'll stand together around the throne and proclaim the mighty victories that God has given us over all the powers of the devil. Hallelujah. Because you've touched our hearts. Minister to our lives. Filled us with your Holy Ghost, O God. And I just praise you tonight, God, for the opportunity, Lord God, to preach and proclaim your word. And I pray, Almighty God, may your kingdom come and your will be done, for thine is the power Thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. Amen and amen. Praise God.